Greetings, folks. I hope you are doing well as we gather here for our Thursday time together. And we'll be looking at our reading from 1 Corinthians. But first, we, we have our psalm again, our psalm for the day that we'll have on Sunday, Psalm 19. So let us prepare our hearts before we begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy. And like a strong man runs its course with joy, its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. The words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I love that psalm, especially that the pure gold, sweeter than honey, is God's word to us. I wonder if that is for you today. Well, our reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's so much here. Paul is, is laying out this argument for why preaching the gospel, the pro proclamation of good news, because news is something that is to be spoken, it's to be, to be announced. The idea of a preacher, an angel, a messenger, being someone uh, like, like a town crier announcing the time, or, or a steward of the king showing up to announce a new law. That, that's how this, how this works. And, and, and here he begins with the fact that the cross is foolishness. To think that life comes out of death. To think that the saving act of God is a Jesus bloodied and dead and, and, and buried in a tomb only to rise again. The, the fact that it's foolishness because the dead don't rise? Come on now. Are you kidding me? They don't. I go out to the cemetery, there's still people there, right? 
And yet the foolishness is holding on to the promise that Jesus says you will rise again. Where it is that that becomes our power, the power of God upon us to cause us to, to believe that, to trust in that, that faith is this gift that we have to trust the promise of God. But there's this warning there that says he's, that God will thwart the wisdom of the world, that, that he, will, he will break the discernment, the people who think themselves too knowledgeable, too, too cool for school when it comes to God. And then he goes after those debaters, those, those, those smart people here, talking to the people in Corinth, to a Greek world where the philosopher was a big deal. A philosopher was a big deal. Someone who they would be someone you'd go to to just listen to and 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 try and understand how the world works. And hold on a second, I just noticed something. There. Okay. Sorry. Uh, but how you have have these philosophers with this great philosophy that we want to hold on to, you know, self-help guru kind of a thing. And yet here comes Paul to say, has not God made the foolish the wisdom of the world? And then he says, for since in the wisdom, wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. Meaning, we, we try to find God in, in these particular ways that go almost completely against what it is that God has revealed of himself. So we try to find God in so many other places than in the one place that he has made himself known, which is in the cross, which is in Christ, where he's made his word known through this word made flesh that has died, this place that we go to find God. And, and that, is, that is where Paul then goes, because God decided through the foolishness of her proclamation to save those who believe, those who trust this word. Believe or trust or having faith is, is something that we've been told weak people do, because the strong people, they don't need that sort of thing, because we think we can do it ourselves. But faith, trust, belief is something that we do in weakness, because we have to come to the point of realizing that we have to trust somebody other than ourselves, trust in something outside of ourselves. And here, that's what Paul is talking about. This cross that Christ took is, is this, this foolish thing that we hold on to and believe that it was there in that cross that God has reconciled us to himself. That, that all our attempts to make ourselves enough have been made enough in Jesus regardless of how we feel about it. That regardless of how we feel about our past, our present, or our future, in Christ, all those things are summed up in Him. And that seems foolish because we look at our past and most of us expect that we are going to have to atone for our own sins, that our pasts haunt us, that, that right now we have a whole culture of going back into people's pasts and crucifying them over sins that they have committed, assuming that there's no possible way that someone will have had God come upon them, come into their lives and transform them to where, yes, that is their past, and they hold it around their neck like a scarlet letter. And yet what they also cling to is that cross which crucified that past forever. But we are a people who like our pound of flesh. We like our pound of flesh, and so we can't possibly think. It doesn't seem wise or knowledgeable to think that at a certain point in history, the God took a cross, and in that cross destroyed the powers of sin, death, and hell to 
make it so that we do not have to atone for our own past, but Christ has taken that on for us. They're proclaiming Christ crucified, where Christ crucified is a stumbling block and foolish to people in the world. Not just Jews and Gentiles, because uh, the, the, a Jewish person here, it says, demands signs, meaning somebody is demanding some marvelous miracle. And the Greeks pursued wisdom so that we have people in the world that are, that are wanting to see some special sign, some special magic trick to know whether they should trust Jesus. Somebody else wants it all to fit nice conveniently in a box and, and Jesus cannot be contained that way. He can be contained on a cross even for a moment, but then the tomb tries, tries to hold him and can't. And so it is that the power of God and the wisdom of God come to us in this Christ. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. And we hold to that, knowing, knowing that this Christ who will hold us steadfast in his word and in his gospel, we hold on to that because we know that it's in those things that the grace of God comes to us to remove from us all these needs to pursue miracles, to pursue wisdom, and instead we receive the wisdom of God found in Jesus. Let us pray. Holy God, through your Son, you have called us to live faithfully and act courageously. Keep us steadfast in your covenant of grace and teach us the wisdom that comes only through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, we will see you tomorrow for our gospel. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.